Tampazzle. It's a tampon with a little razzle-dazzle. Join us tonight as we dive deep into focus groups. You don't want to miss it. We always have a great time. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. the Better Your Business Show. I am Natalie Esman, your host, my beautiful co-host, the coach for business, Ms. Shanna Mavis. Hello, hello. Hello. Um, what are we doing? What are <laughs> we, we are doing talking here? focus groups. <laughs> All right, focus groups, focus. Um, before we do that, I want to um, make sure that we call out all of the people that are going to be on here with us tonight. We've got uh, David Richardson in the second half of the show. He's going to share some knowledge on focus groups. Um, amazing business credit guy. Uh, we've got Eva um, doing wellness for us, right? Yes. Benari, she's going to be talking about how to put together your care group. So that's going to be awesome with you. Her uh, company is Elevate, and she is sponsoring you Define Wellness. Perfect. We also have our Just Good Business segment coming up. We're going to feature another business this week. Um, and we have a Dear BYBS. Dear BYBS. We have Ed Oyama here giving a little Ooh. marketing tip. So yeah. it's going to be a full house and a great time. It is. It is. Um, I had the most amazing time yesterday. Before we jump into that topic, I just have to call out um, Akbar Sheik and the Coach's Secret. Amazing conference yesterday. He basically tells you everything you need. If you are a coach, I recommend that you either follow him or you go to the Coach's Secret. You've got to find him because it's, you know, without boring everyone with a rags to riches story, it's a rags to riches story, right? <laughs> but he, um, it's the make more to give more. It, it was a beautiful thought that he has, you know, the idea of, you know, let's make more money basically so that we can do more good, right? We can do so much more with, with what we have. Um, and so that's the platform that they, that they stand on. And you can see that he's just willing to, I mean, it was a full day, absolutely free. Um, they fed us lunch and they just gave us knowledge from, you know, 10 p.m. until or 10 a.m. until 7 p.m. It was just an absolutely phenomenal time. I, you know, I, I cannot yeah. speak highly enough about that. But, yeah, I, I came back fired up, ready to go. Uh, you know, someone challenged me yesterday. They were just like, you can't be a coach unless you <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that. But he was telling me he's like, I, you can't be a business coach unless you failed in business 147 times or something crazy like that. And I was like, all that does is tells me that you know how to fail. in business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I want to win. So I'm going to use every resource that I have available. I don't have to fail. We do not believe that, you know, and I was, uh, we were arguing in this guy, you know, in a friendly way, but I was just like, we don't believe failure is required. You know, that's, I was like me and Carlton, he was there with me and I was like, we don't believe that. So, you know, I'm just debunking that right now. And I'm ignoring everything else that you have to say at this point. But no, he actually brought up some good points, but it was amazing. It really was. Um, I, and I, I cannot wait for him to do another one in this area or in any area. If you, yes, that is correct. We do not have to fail. Um, I love whoever's co-signing me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about focus groups, Natalie. <laughs> yes. Focus groups. I love this um, topic. It's so important. And, you know, I had never... I guess when I got into business, the focus group stuff was already done for the industry that I was in. So I didn't have to do any of that work. So it wasn't until actually it came about the second show of season one when we had Paulette on the show. 
that she really helped me to start, I guess, planted the seed for focus groups and why they're important. And so now I can't even imagine people not having a focus group, but it was really interesting when, you know, I was Googling it and reading information on it because it's very different rules of thumb, right? Markets are changing, people are changing, you know, your focus group doesn't have to be that big of a deal. And then some people are like, hey, know your audience, know your consumer, know your product, have the focus group. Personally, I like the latter, um, but we are entrepreneurs. So we do have to be fluid at the same time, right? But the bottom line is that focus group really gives us clarity and yep. target, I think is most important. Absolutely. Let's jump into the pillar talk segment. Um, we found this amazing video from Jotform. It's part of their um, blog series. Um, so they explain in, in really a very short and simple way what a focus group is. Focus groups are used by many organizations to gain insight into their audience. The applications of focus groups are nearly endless, as long as you organize them correctly. In today's video, we're diving into everything about focus groups, what they are, how and when to run them, and what they're useful for. I'm Sissy from Jotform. Let's get right to it. Focus groups can be used for any and everything. Corporations use them to study and sell anything from toys to hit movies, and political parties use them to perfect their campaign messaging. Focus groups are even used by law firms to predict a jury's response to certain arguments. More likely than not, most of the products you've purchased have resulted from the opinions of a focus group in one way or another. But what are focus groups? Focus groups are a fundamental component of market research and can be described as small group discussions, often led by a trained leader. Many organizations use them to gather opinions on a specific topic to provide insight for their future decisions. So the, you know, my favorite thing out of that um, was the attorneys using it, using them. Um, and I remember, I don't know if you've ever watched the show Bull. About no, I've never heard science. of it. Okay. So I hate that I said that out loud because, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I mean, I like the show, <laughs> but I can't wait for people I know to just clown me on that. But yeah. It, oh, it, there's it, been a couple of shows you watched yet. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> no worries on that. I'm like, what? <laughs> they talk about trial signs, but they do exactly that. They bring, you know, a mirror juror in, you know, jury in. And that way they can ask them the questions. They can try out the um, the arguments. They can see how this responds uh, or how the, the, you know, mirror jury responds to um, the questions, the the answers, the scenario, they can, they, they understand. And so it's a more calculated risk. And it's the same thing in business, right? So we bring together these people that look like the people that, you know, are the peers for, in this case, right? They, they look like who we want to talk to and we test everything out. It's the same principle. I just love that they called that out. And in that video, if you get a chance to watch that Jotform blog, um, they also talk about uh, being used by political um, agents, you know, political campaigns to test and see, you know, the messaging. And I was just like, okay, so you can thank focus groups for whatever the election results were. I was just like, oh. I guess they ran that by enough people that they thought it was good enough because I was like, some of those political ads were terrible. Terrible. <laughs> there was one here. Um, I remember when I heard it, I was just like, did they run that by anyone? Because they basically said, if you think things are bad now, they'll be worse with this guy. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> That was my favorite. And I was like, I don't think they did. They double checked it anyone, but it's just like, no, it was approved. So um, yeah, it was nuts. But yeah, you can use focus groups for so many different things. But I recommend that you do it before you launch anything. You know, get your idea validated. 
Yeah, it, immediately it just made me think of our audience, honestly, and the transitions that we've made coming into season three. I mean, we constantly are asking for feedback. What did you not like about the show? What did you like about the show? What would you like to see more of? And so that's what I thought of. We didn't necessarily ask them to all give us feedback, and we're definitely not going to um, wear some of the feedback that some people <laughs> give us, right? But for some people, you know, we do want to know, and that's our audience. So I, I just made me think of them, right? So there you go, guys. There's permission again to, to give us feedback on, on what you feel is working. But um, yeah, right away, that's what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, I know that um, for our business, when uh, we had the chicken business in, in Oregon, um, we pulled people out from um, our neighborhood. We were just like, hey, if you like fried chicken, come down here. We're doing this at our, you know, in front of our yard. It's just right here. Come for free. Um, people in the neighborhood, the kids walked around, they grabbed their friends. And it was just like, share that so that we could find out. We got a chance to test the process and make sure that we knew how things would work. We could work the fryers. We could do all of those things. But we also got feedback from people that were right there. Hey, is this too salty? Is this good enough? Does the potato salad tastes good with it. We got a chance to ask all of those questions to make sure before we asked people for money that this was a viable product, that they really liked it. I love that so much. I would definitely have been coming and having some fried chicken for <laughs> sure. And how fun to really bring your community together at the same time too. I love yeah, that. It was a lot of fun. We would normally do something on the 4th of July, but this time it was just like, hey, we need you guys for, for real, for real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're trying to make some money here. So. Like, we already know they cook good over there, but we'll go. This is horrible. You better make another batch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. I think we need to look at, um, just to keep things moving, we need to do just good business. Um, we've got one from uh, Sammy's Avenue Eatery in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I heard about this on a video, um, another video as I was looking up focus groups and stuff, someone mentioned them. And so we wanna call this out. I love what they're doing. the uh, Sammy's Avenue Eatery located on West Broadway in Emerson. In terms of what we're about, we're a restaurant that provides um, healthy alternative food with um, hot sandwiches, cold sandwiches, salads, and our original daily soups. We also have amazing desserts in addition to mouth-watering smoothies, and um, we also do coffee specialty drinks as well. My favorite thing about West Broadway is walking outside and having different people yell across the street like, hey, how you doing? Or hearing a horn honk and knowing that you know people. My favorite thing about West Broadway is the community. Oh, and the bubbles. Because Juxta does blow bubbles. My joining in partnership with this space is just to continue the community feel that this place offers. Although people love our food, people also love this space and they love the way that they feel. And, and what we've, we've come to know is this space, uh, it, it's healing. You can edit this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, offers <laughs> healing. And sometimes community where people are, are traumatized or they're hurting, it's a place where you can come in and hear some good music and just, and, and feel like people care about you and you can get a good meal in, in addition to that. Sammy's Avenue Eatery is more than just a place for food. It's a place for community, for conversation, for good deeds, good times, and of course, good eats. One visit and you'll know, it's all good at Sammy's Avenue Eatery. Well, Sammy's, we believe it's just good business. They just make you feel so good. I really do. I, I just felt so like I was going to a relative's for the holidays was kind of felt like you're at home, right? The guy's dancing at the cash register. It felt like that. It felt like comfortable. You want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I was digging that when he was dancing. It. <laughs> I was like, Natalie's going to love this. <laughs> yeah, she nailed it. That's awesome. All right. I guess we are going to take a very quick break. We're going to hear something from Baltingo and then we'll be right back. Having a great business isn't enough. You need real exposure. Vault & Co. is a full-service digital marketing agency led by Bridget Brooks, a previous employee of Facebook and Groupon. 
Through done-for-you digital advertising and one-on-one coaching, get the exact paid traffic strategy that these digital giants have used to run wildly successful ad campaigns. Deliver the perfect message at the perfect time to your perfectly targeted audience. Book a consult today. Dear Betty, your business show. I started a jewelry business a few years ago. I tried selling online, but found there's a lot of competition. I found a local consignment shop and plan on taking some of my bracelets to one of her new stores. She said we would decide on a price together and split the revenue. Is this a good idea? Sincerely, Jaina the Jewelry. (laughs) Awesome. So what do you think? Is it a good idea? Okay, so it was to split the revenue. Uh-huh. Not the profits, but the revenue, it looks like. So how is that number? How are they coming up with that number? So they they are sitting together and and I actually know this person. So they sit together and they decide on a on a price and then whatever that, you know, so if they decide $20 for a bracelet, they each get 10. I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you love it? Because um, there's still the time that went into making the jewelry. And to me, that's the most valuable aspect of it is our time. So I think that, yes, that's awesome that you'll have a place to put your jewelry. So I would either stay a smaller percentage or even pay space rent, like pay for your little spot in the store. I think that would make more money. I don't think that you should give away 50% when you're doing all the work. To me, that seems like a lot. I mean, because the other person, they're just leaving it there, right? (laughs) It's just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't give up 50% to leave a product in a store. That's just me. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm curious what anyone out there listening has to say about this. So basically, jewelry store or jewelry designer um, has bracelets, wants to work with a consignment shop, and they are going to decide on a price together and split the revenue. So do you think that's a good idea? Yes or no? Why or why not? We would love to hear from you. Um, For me, it, it depends, right? It depends on what did it cost you? Like you're saying, you know, there are costs that are factored into that. But if you're selling this jewelry for $10 online or you were trying to sell this jewelry for $10 online, well, whatever your cost was, you know, let's say it cost you five. So you're going to make five dollars. Well, are you really how much will you lose in that case if you end up getting, you know, 10, you're 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 breaking even in that point you know, in in my mind, and I may be oversimplifying it, right? But if it costs you a lot more than that, then yeah, it doesn't make sense. You're going to take a loss and you shouldn't necessarily do that. Or if she wants to sell it for lower than what you're trying to sell it for. But, you know, it also, how much, um, what's that area like? How much does jewelry go for? Because she may be able to command a price of $35 or $45 and people walking in will get a chance to see it, touch it, feel it, um, where you're going to struggle online trying to break through all of the noise. So it may be beneficial to do that. It really, you know, I I agree with you looking at what are your costs? How much does it cost you? Is this going to work out for you in the long run? But again, um, without all of the details. Well, did you you see Joanna Johnston posted 50% is common in that business and some shop owners want 60%. That just, I'm I'm a little shocked by that, to be honest. But I mean, I guess that is true, Shanna, to think about, you know, all the stuff, you know, paying for shipping, although shipping is probably not very much, but there is a lot because I'm I'm even thinking, okay, well, if I set up once a week at like a farmer's market type of deal, how much am I paying for that space? It might end up being 50% of what I would pay to be in a store. And I don't have to tear down, set up, you know, do all that stuff too. So I guess maybe the other thing to consider is being diversified, making sure you're diversified, not putting all your eggs in one basket. If you are going to do um, consignment, Carlton Hoskins says data should dictate the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, you know, so Jane of the Jewelry. We will have more information for you um, 
as people keep giving us their information, we're going to share that with you. But we appreciate the question. You guys, if you have questions out there, please let us know. Um, you can go to Pillar5.com and find the Better Your Business Show page. Contact us there. You can uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, Natalie's got a page for us there. Um, Instagram. You can reach out to Natalie or myself. If you have questions, we would love to feature them on the show yes. and crowdsource some wisdom. You're not yeah, alone in this. If it's something you're uncomfortable asking in the chat, and don't worry, Shannon will give you a really cool name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> All right, let's jump into why to use focus groups. We talked about you know what focus groups are, but why do you need one? It, 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 for us, you know, we know, and and we'll hear more from David, you know, how important these are. Um, because if you don't understand, uh, I mean, I guess it's just the a missed opportunity. If you don't perform a focus group or run a focus group, it's a missed opportunity to understand more of what your customer wants from your customer. So it's, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that, Natalie? So what Carlton put in the chat, he put focus groups help you stay on track, building your product and service for your client and not yourself. And oh. so what that makes me think of and i'm gonna i know we are all guilty is um it's not an easy question it's not easy to always get feedback right because you're not always going to love the feedback so that's the other thing too is um i think sometimes why people don't want to do a focus group or don't ask is because either they just know not to or or they don't know to or um they're afraid of the feedback right it's not always fun being criticized <laughs> But I guess I well, yeah, let's jump into the why and hear what Jotform has to say about why you should run these. And then we can talk a little bit more about, you know, what our thoughts are. Focus groups are structured and specifically directed to ensure everyone's opinions are heard. They differ from gatherings like community meetings as they often discuss a specific focus topic are led by a trained facilitator who moves the discussion forward, and they are often composed of carefully selected participants who are encouraged to share their thoughts freely. With that in mind, why might you use a focus group? Focus groups are a way to get information from consumers without relying on surveys or interviews. Focus group participants have the ability to interact with each other and can influence each other's decisions throughout the discussion. And focus groups tend to be more advantageous than alternatives like quantitative surveys because focus groups are more flexible, allow decision makers to talk to customers directly, and focus groups provide unique insight into a customer's perception of a brand, product, or service. Learning what a person feels and thinks about your topic promotes more depth and variety than the typical assessment survey. The qualitative research conducted in a focus group can add valuable insight into existing data. For a successful focus group, you'll need to remember that the purpose is not for the group to arrive to a consensus. It's not the time to come up with a plan, but the time to focus on the perceptions of those in the group, who are ultimately representatives of your broader target audience. So pay attention to whatever it is that they have to say about your product or service. Yeah, um, I was reading, <laughs> this is going to make me sound smart. I was reading the Harvard Business Review, uh, <laughs> but they were talking about, because I was trying to understand, um, you know, just from a different perspective about focus groups, um, the data side of it, like Carlton is talking about, just it, that data, having access to that. We've talked about this over the past couple of weeks, how your customers really want you to know them. They're willing to exchange information. They're willing to give you all of this as long as you just ask. And they want you to take that information and build the product for them. It's um, like Carlton was saying, you, you know, it, it makes sure that you're building a product for your client, not yourself. They, if you spend the time talking to people in focus groups and getting that information, trying to understand how they feel about things, it's just going to make it so much easier for your marketing messaging. It's going to make it easier for um, pretty much every aspect of your business because you're not going into this blind. You're walking into it with full knowledge of you know, what your clients are feeling about what yeah. your product idea or service is. 
it just makes you better at sales. Yeah. Right. Working smarter, not harder. It's hard to not make the sale when it's your exact person that wants what you're selling. Right. And I, I, I'm a big component of working smarter, not harder. You walk in needs based selling. You're giving your client exactly what they would, what they want. Why wouldn't they say yes? Yeah, I would. <laughs> and interestingly, and, it, and it's not that difficult. And, and I, I'm, I'm so excited to have David come on and talk to us more about the practical side of it. But how do you set up focus groups and um, some of the questions that we put out there earlier so that um, the audience would know, here's here's our thought process on this. We want you to understand what to do with this information, how to set this up, not just the what, the why, the who, but we want you to have an in-depth understanding of this whole process because it is tremendously important um, as you're building a business. I, I don't know how many successful launches have happened without going through this process or how many businesses have stayed in business um, without going through this process at some point, without checking with their clients in some way, shape or form. Um, I, I just can't see a successful or sustainable business without this step. Agreed. Definitely. It makes me even think of the restaurant industry. Whenever a restaurant is open, they have that pre-grand opening. That's your focus group, right? Yes. They're coming in, you're practicing your time with them. They're looking at the environment they're trying the food. They're giving you the feedback on the food. And um, obviously it's free for them. So they're going to give you good and, and bad feedback, hopefully <laughs> not just bad if they're not paying for it. Right. But it's to go have a good time. And there's your focus group right there so that when you have your actual opening, you're on point. Right. Yep. Um, they even do that with the staff. I mean, you know, trying every wine in the house, every cocktail, every everything, because that's your focus group. Yeah. Yes. Many companies do it quarterly to test branding product development, messaging, and more. That's from Carlton. That's one of the questions that we had. How often should you do this? But I know that it is time we want to focus on the business owner, not just the business, because it will not um, run the same without you. This is your vision, your baby. So we want to make sure that we spend time talking about wellness of the business owner. So um, without further ado, we're going to jump into the You Define Wellness, um, Building a Better You segment. Today we're going to talk about some tools and tricks that you can use to create your own personal advisory health team. And it can be so daunting to attempt this if you've not had any guidelines to work with before. Nobody really talks about this, but Everybody seems to be aware of, and I hate generalizations, but I'm going to use them here. Everybody seems to be aware of what's available through their insurance companies. And I'm here to say there's a bigger world out there that we can tap into. We just simply don't have the strategies and the tips and tricks to how to do that. So I'm going to share that with you today. So if you've ever gone onto any search engine and typed in alternative medicine, you might be met with a daunting number of returns. And it's so vast that it can leave you immobilized. What do I do first? Who do I talk to? How do I go about this? Who's covered under insurance? First rule is probably nobody. <laughs> so if you can put yourself into a state of, I'm going to create a health advisory board where I am the CEO, I'm the person in charge of this, then you're going to have a better time and a better understanding of where to make your decisions and how to go about it. So this is the number one thing that I hear from a lot of people, even I'm really interested in hiring alternative medicine practitioners. I just don't know where to start. And a baby step towards that is you have insurance that covers some of these alternative medicine practitioners and a goal about finding doctors uh, that are currently on your practitioner list that are willing to have conversations with you that are more inclusive, that they have time to speak with you is to call their offices and interview them. If they have a few minutes and are willing to talk with you over the phone, rather than trying to scoot you in and squeeze you in in between their other appointments and just diagnose you and move you on about your way, then you're gonna have a lot more luck communicating your concerns and getting a conversation going where that doctor is now part of your advisory board and not a decision maker for you. And there's a big difference between those two. And so if you can practice into that place of understanding you have an advisory board 
that you take on information and then you learn to make your own decisions about your health care, this is where you want to be in alternative medicine. Secondly, alternative medicine and complementary medicine is an American made up terminology. <laughs> Those two things are only here. Uh, when it comes to what we call traditional medicine here in the States, it's not really traditional. This is medicine that's based on medicine school as derived through the pharmaceutical industry. So yes, we need medicine at times, absolutely, but it's not the end all to our ability to take care of ourselves. So when we go outside of the United States, uh, we look at other practicing um, doctors, practitioners, they include alternative and holistic healing as part of medicine. And if you keep that in mind, then you're on your way to creating your own alternative medicine healthcare advisory board. As an entrepreneur, you have a vision of business that will change your life and the lives of others. Pillar 5 helps you set realistic goals and expectations. When you choose Pillar 5, you can be confident that a team of experts has your back at all times. Regardless of where you're at in your journey, we want to ensure that your business survives, grows, and flourishes. You'll know which step to take as you build your business in sustainable and successful. No more guessing where your business could be or where it's going. Join Pillar 5 today. everybody welcome back to the better your business show we have had an awesome first half of the show talking about what a focus group is why you should have one and now shanna is going to be taking us through who should we have in our focus group so miss shanna mavis everyone thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically who should be in your focus group people who look like your client avatar. You know, we talked about buyer persona a few weeks ago and the importance of getting an in-depth understanding of who your product or service is for, because it's going to help with your marketing messaging and your product development. With that information in mind, you can pull together a focus group of, at the very least, we recommend 10 people who fit this persona. So let's say you have a jewelry line like Jane of the Jewelry, you know, our dear BYBS person. You figured out that one of your target buyers is female between the ages of 25 and 34. Um, she's engaged or in a relationship. Her income level is low to moderate, right? She loves jewelry. She loves to support small businesses. She frequents the farmer's market and she works out. Let's call her Sarah. So you know all about Sarah. You know a lot about her, but you don't know how she feels about your jewelry line. If you gather a group of, again, at the very least, 10 Sarahs, you have this organized and run well by the and you organize this and run it well by the end of it. You're going to know exactly what Sarah wants in a piece of jewelry. You're going to know how much she's going to pay. You're going to know what she thinks about the jewelry that you currently have. Or if you have designs, you're going to know if she likes them, what she feels like needs to change, any tweaks that you need to make. You'll need to know if you have to start all over. And you'll know this because you took the time to ask her. You sat in a room with Sarah and she told you what would make her buy your jewelry. So some of the things that you wanna consider in this um, are the larger the group, the more accurate the results, but the more difficult the facilitation is gonna be. 
So you can also consider getting a professional moderator. If like Natalie said, you don't want to hear what people have to say. And sometimes it's not that it's not good for you to hear that until it's time. But consider getting a moderator so that people feel free to be honest. Um, get people you don't know if possible. Also, if you've already started, think about getting your existing customers into a focus group. If you've already launched, ask them to participate. Also, you need to consider location, location, location. Should this be online? Can it be in person? Um, things like this can make a difference in the results. You can even consider, um, and David might, um, you know, he's gonna address this a little bit later, but you can consider giving a gift for each participant as either incentive or thank you or both. Um, these people that are joining this, if they're, there, they're in your target demographic. So by the end of it, you're going to have invaluable data and maybe you'll have started building some brand loyalty or a little hype around your business. So where do you find Sarah? That's another thing that we want to talk about is where do you find Sarah if you're bootstrapping? Social media is a great resource for finding people in your ideal demographic because of the you know hyper targeting that you can do on most of those platforms. You can create an organic post. So again, doesn't cost you anything and ask people to share or run a paid ad if you have money in your budget. If you have a marketing expert on your team, however, lean into their knowledge and experience on the types of questions you should ask and the best way to gather the people. Um, let them drive this process so that you can focus on other aspects of your business and prepare for implementing any necessary changes to your product or service. If you don't have anyone on your team, you may have to step up and do it, but whatever you do, please make sure you don't skip this valuable step in the process. Awesome. And I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Great tip, Shanna. I love those. And if you guys don't know, Shanna's passion is helping businesses go from seed to start up, right? Yeah. So she's one of the people that's dealing a lot with, you know, that that feedback, right? And helping you course correct in your business. So again, I just want to remind everyone of that because it, that's why we're here, right? You can pick our bearings for free, get this information <laughs> for free right here from us. So don't forget to reach out to Shanna if you have any of those questions. Yeah. And are we ready to segue into our guest expert? We are. We are. Okay. So we have David Richardson with us tonight. He is with Jay Colts. He is the Jay Galt, excuse me, his the business credit guy, but he's also a business coach and a business consultant. So he's dealing with focus groups all the time, too. He has vast experience in this area. David Richardson, the business credit guy, welcome to the I'm a badass woman. What's wrong with that? Can't hold me back. Yeah, I'm a badass woman. Well, um, I had no idea that's who I was. <laughs> Carlton is just addicted to that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're oh, definitely God. badass, David. You are definitely badass. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I'll take it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, all of our guest experts actually start by doing a little song and dance for us. So that was really your intro. There you go. That yeah. was me. I got you. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, welcome. We are excited to have you here and to talk about focus groups and how important um, they are. So why don't you go ahead and kind of get us started? You know, if I was get us started with where you think is the most important part of having a focus group. Um, I think just in my experience, just uh, being able to either is that my screen? Oh, God. Um, to either do it or you don't do it or you do it too late. So I know that a lot of times. Um, sorry, is that my screen, guys? You look Anyone? great. All right. My screen is kind of fluttering. But um, yeah, I think that that's the main thing. You know, people, they, they, the, the, the clients that I usually run into, um, they have skipped this step and they're deeper into the process. And uh, a lot of times it just, it just takes more time to go back and, and kind of revisit uh, the subject. So um, that's, that, that's the main, the, the, the main thing, just to answer your question, either people are, are, do, are not doing it um, or they're doing it later in the game than they should have. And now they have to retrace their steps. So well, when we were talking before the show, David, um, you know, 
you and Carlton, Natalie and I were having a conversation about what focus groups are. You know, Carlton asked me that question and, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that there's a distinction between focus groups and um, beta testing, that it's not the same thing. But uh, you mentioned that it's a part of market research. Yes. And so it's we're wanting to make sure as, as you know, our audience knows Pillar 5 walks you step by step through building a sustainable business. This is one of those steps that we're saying take early on. We're saying before you, you know, launch your product, before you do anything, validate this idea. Validate the idea you have to make sure that people want this, right? Yeah. Are you finding that that's, I mean, how have, have you gotten to that point or reached someone before they launch to walk through this part with them? Yes. Yes. So um, a lot of times what I find is that the creative process happens all in here, right? So <laughs> I, I got a, a lady, she's my sauce lady. It's the first sauce lady that I, that I have as a client. And, um, and I had the question or I said, well, what makes you think that your sauce is like the sauce, right? Because everyone thinks their sauce is oh, this is the best chicken or, you know, that creative space, which I love that energy. That's what makes me do what I do. Right. But it is a big difference between creating a product and having a brand that's actually a business that is actually selling that product. So what we tend to go into and what I find is that business owners will go into it very adamant about getting the customer what they want them to have. And, 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 and it's actually the reverse of what needs to happen. I need to find what the customer wants from me. So when you go into it and really think about just changing the perspective and thinking, okay, I am a fly in the, on the wall. That's what the focus group is really supposed to be, right? It's open dialect. It's, it's, it's kind of guided. You can do it a lot of, a lot of different ways. But I would for me to do a focus group on something that I feel I'm trying to test to see if it's a viable product. I want to be the fly on the wall because I don't only want to see the person's response who's getting the question asked. I want to see the people in the room who are waiting on that person to respond. Because when you get those groups together, it's just like birds of a feather flock together, right? You know, some people don't have strong opinions. And when you don't have a strong opinion, you're going to go with the majority. And that's what you that's what you want to kind of look at and see. And the, that's data as well, right? Yeah. How many people are just saying like, oh, well, everyone loves chicken and waffles, so I think I should too. Yeah, let me get that, right? So so you, you have to think about the average consumer and where do you find the average mind of a consumer? In the mirror, yourself, you, you know, would, would you buy this from you? Um, so so I think that that's super important to to, to make sure that the, the, that that fly on the wall mentality is really where you're trying to focus on where you're getting that information to come from. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like there are a lot of business owners. And I remember having a conversation with one where um, we were talking about the app that he was developing. And he was just like, well, I really want them to, you know, do this. Or I, I want them to have this experience. And, you know, this is why I have that in there. And I was like, OK, well, and that's fine if you're building it for you. And if you're the only one that you expect to use it. But if you're wanting other people to use it, then my recommendation is that we ask those people. <laughs> yeah, it only makes so. sense, right? And that's <laughs> the difference in a, in a selling and serving mentality. I think that when people do get into entrepreneurship, the, they equate it with their paycheck. So if I want to sell, you know, the next best hot sauce, right? Um, and I make X amount of dollars on my normal job, I am trying to immediately replace my income. So yeah. it's a lot of steps in between before you can even get to that that bottom that, that bottom revenue dollar that I think that business owners just they don't they don't see that part. So getting a team, having people that you pull alongside. Hey, I know a little bit about marketing, but you're great at it. Let's partner together, right? And and now you can you can guide me that way. So I think that the average business owner that I talk to, they are just so adamant about just holding on to this is my business and I have to do everything. And that is exactly why they fall by the wayside and, and they never really get too far being solo, solopreneurs like that. Yeah. It's rough. David, you're speaking our language here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so what is the easiest way to create a focus group? Um, I would always start local. Um, so if no matter what business, even if you have a digital product, it's always good to see because so in Ohio, right, 
if you if you've ever heard of the word Ohio, which is where I'm from, you know about the Ohio State Buckeyes, right? So it's a certain mentality. I lived in Texas for a while. They have a certain mentality. It's a certain way that Texans kind of carry themselves, right? So I think that if you have a product coming from your area, um, especially if it's something that you're going to look into doing brick and mortar, it's super important to just get pull those those area codes around you and get that group from from some of the people that you know. Now, I will say your focus group doesn't have to be just one big group. You can have a certain section of local. You can have people that are friends, right? The people that don't spend money with you because they're your friend and they want things for free. Yeah, those people too, right? And then, and then you want complete strangers that are just completely, they don't even like hot sauce, right? Or, or you know, what is the difference in hot sauce and ketchup? So you want a couple of different groups, right? And 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 just to answer another question that's coming forward, and and do it as often as you need. If this if you need to revamp, because here's the thing, most most business structures are by the quarter. So every six months, it may be a little too long. It may be a little too late, right? Um, it's the same mentality as you know looking at your business on a month to month basis. Do you look at your business at the beginning of the month and that's it? Or do you check where you are? Where do you stand at the end of the month? Uh, it probably would make more sense to do it somewhere around the middle so you can make a change and pivot. So it's the same. It's the same scenario. Look at what the data is telling you from the first one. Make the adjustment, throw it back out there and do it all over again. And it should be a staple in your business. It's just not at the beginning stages of it, because as we evolve, as you see with the elections and everything, Hey, price can be $10 tomorrow. We don't know. That changes how a business structure, that changes what you spend your extra or your 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 extra money on, right? Um, so those are just some things to think about that the, the, the industry is ever changing. I love how you talked about starting in your own zip code. I never would have thought of that, but it's so true because mentalities are different. And so I love that you shared that because, yeah, mentality. The only thing I know from Ohio is the Buckeyes. That's the first thing I got, right? We'll focus group here. No. Yeah, right? but, it, but it's true. It also made me think of barbecue sauce. I don't know why, but it made me think of barbecue sauce. And if, you know, like some states are partial to a white barbecue sauce, which I've never even tried one before because it just makes me think that's gravy. That's not barbecue yeah. sauce, right? Or brown and, and white gravy. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... I love that because really that's your, if you're brick and mortar, those are your starting consumers. You do, you should want to know what your community likes. And it again, goes back to Shanna's fried chicken. That was her community that was showing up telling her, yes, Shanna, we love your chicken. Yeah. Right. So I love that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go into a quick break, I think. Right. And we'll be, yeah, right, back. And then we'll be right back with David. A wise man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com where businesses get it right. All right. I love that. Where that businesses get it right. <laughs> All right. Deep. We are back with David Richardson with Jay Galt. Um, tonight, instead of talking about business credit, which we are looking forward to that series that's coming um, pretty soon to the Better Your Business show, David's going to be walking us through building business credit, which we all need. Um, super knowledgeable. We're talking tonight about focus groups and the importance of this aspect of market research, um, you know, how it's going to benefit you, who you should have in your focus groups, um, the easiest way to set one up. David, one of the things that, what do you think about the incentive piece? I, I really want your op opinion on that. Um, so I, I will, I will go back to the bracelet. Okay. okay. Um, it, oh, yeah. if it makes sense. So with the, with the bracelet, I'll, I'll touch on that really quick. I, I see that it was a lot of, you know, chatter about, you know, is 50% too much is 60%. Here's the thing. Do you have a marketing budget, right? If you have a marketing budget, you can easily go and dump it into SEO. You can dump it into ads. You can dump it into a lot of things, but isn't marketing getting your product into places it normally wouldn't be. So for me, if I just added that particular, and just like just, it was said on the call. So, you know, just make sure that's not the only 
duck you have, right? I wouldn't put all of my ducks right there, but I would use it as a tool. And the same thing goes for the focus group and should it be incentivized? If, if, if you are giving a free gift for the focus group, it's a gift. But if you're saying, hey, get a free t-shirt if you do a survey, that's a sale. That is a transaction, right? So I think it's the way that you kind of, you put it together. You do want to compensate people for their time. That could be dinner. That could be, a, you know, a, a discount. You can do it in a lot of different ways. But I know in the review space, right? Just working for corporate America and reviews are a huge part of marketing, right? What are people saying about my business? Let Hear from the customer's mouth. But if you incentivize that and you give them something, it's actually illegal, right? So you can't pay for reviews. But right. you can say, hey, you know, it's a way it's a way to go about it. So I, I, and, and then, you know, some focus groups are there for a very long time. That could be a two hour sitting where, you, you know, so you want to make sure that you take care of people in the right way. So I, I, I can't say one is better or one is right or one is wrong. But I would say that there are free ways to get the data that you need. You know, you can do market research in other ways that are free, like your survey monkey or just hitting the streets with a microphone. Or being that fly on the wall and having someone that represents the company that doesn't have bias so that that they don't have to see you holding the microphone and grimace when they say, oh, no, that sucks. It's a horrible idea. Right. <laughs> because we, <laughs> it's our business. It's our baby. So maybe getting a, a, another person that represents to hit the streets, little microphone. People love to tell you their opinion. So it's not hard to really get it. It's just where do you go to get it? So I would say it's a, it's a little bit of both. That, that, that would be my answer on that one. <laughs> You know what that made me think of? Sorry, but and I didn't. The reason I bring it up is because I didn't realize that's what it was until this moment when you answered the question, David. But I always have these things coming up on my Facebook saying, are you between 18 and 25? We'll give you $36 to come do this for the next two hours. And I'm always pitching my kids, right? Get on the Zoom for two hours. And now I'm realizing those are paid focus groups. That's exactly yes. what they are. And I never realized that. So, hey, people, side hustle. Right. Wait yeah. for the TikTok spot, Natalie. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been Ooh. a ton of fun and brought some yes. great information to us. So yeah. um, everybody, you can find him on all social media channels. Um, he's on LinkedIn, has an awesome page on there. You can hear more about his business with Jay Galt Finance as well. And David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. He is amazing. I absolutely love every conversation I've had with him. Uh, and I'm excited for everyone to learn about the business credit piece, because in just that conversation I had, there was so much information and he's going to break that down for us in a series. So, um, so amazing. Um, we have a quick little bit from uh, it's ed right and um, yeah, a marketing tip and it actually is going to segue into what david talked about is what's funny perfect and now we'll go to marketing <laughs> Carlton, are you stroking out back Almost then? all of us choose to skip ads when we can. So how do you make people click on them? Easy. You give them a free PDF, a free guide, a free course. And that's how you turn from an unwelcome pest to a welcome guest. And you get their email and their name. That's short right. and sweet. Short and sweet. Ed says, give them something free. Give them something free. Free nine to nine. Free nine to nine. <laughs> All right, it diversification, is right? for Miss Natalie Esman. She's going to talk to us about what life insurance tonight, right? We're going to talk a little bit about insurance. Yes, insurance. so November. Yes, November is long term care month. So I decided to dedicate this month to insurance. You guys know I love, love, love insurance. It's something that I feel is just so misunderstood. We can't. I just feel like it's something we can't talk about enough. So I want to talk to you guys. What is long term care? what are living benefits and what is disability if you're on here right now and you go to wikipedia i want you to look at what are the definitions for that and just because we don't have a lot of time um i'm going to just read them for you real fast but if you look at all three of the definitions they are almost the exact same thing ah 
yeah, they are almost the exact same thing, right? Really what changes is the situation in which you need them, right? So long-term care, what is a long-term care policy? It's a standalone policy. If you can't do two out of six of your activities of daily living, you need long-term care. What are living benefits? By definition, if you can't do two out of six of your of the daily living, you can use that benefits. What is disability? If you're disabled, then you need income benefits. You can't do two out of these things. You need this benefit. So it's all pretty much the same thing. It's the circumstance in which you get them. Living benefits are connected to your life insurance policy. You guys know that I'm a big component for those because why I love bang for your buck. I feel like you get the best deal and the best protection with a life insurance policy with living benefits. But hey, it doesn't always happen this way. I got a referral this week. He's a chiropractor. He is a business owner. He had a stroke. He has zero life insurance, zero living benefits, and he does not have disability. He just had a stroke. He is going to be fine. Thank you, God. But let me tell you something. Every 40 seconds, uh, someone has a stroke. So it's not uncommon to have one. Do you think after just having a stroke, he is going to qualify for life insurance? No. So that takes them off the table for him. He can't qualify it for it in that regard. Something that we're going to use, this is what I like to call one of my legal loopholes, one of my tips is I'm going to set up a, because he's a business owner, I am going to set up a group life insurance policy for him with living benefits. He doesn't have to qualify medically. He still gets that benefit for himself and his business, and he's able to leave a death benefit to his family continue his business, whatever he needs to do with that money. So that's one of the ways we're able to use a group life insurance policy to get him life insurance and to get him those disability benefits. So I know that was a lot, but again, you can always reach out to me. Um, next week, I'm going to continue the theme of life insurance, and I'm going to dive deep into key man insurance, life insurance, and a buy-sell agreements. What do they have in common? If you can drop it in the chat, like, not in an hour because you Googled it. If you can drop it in the chat, I'll send you a free gift. I'm going to take Ed Oyama's marketing ploy, but what do they have in common? That is the question. Buy, sell agreement, life insurance, and a key man policy. And that's your money minute. Do, 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 do. <laughs> this is why we're friends. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> life insurance. <Yes>. Woo! <laughs> I love life insurance. That should be its own clip right there. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. It's true, though. I do love life insurance. And I love life insurance because we just don't understand it. Look, bottom line is I love money. I love educating people on finances because we are never taught this stuff. And money is a tool that we use every single day. It is very, very important that we understand how it works. I'm sure you would agree with me, and that is why you're here. So let's talk about life insurance because I love it. People always ask me, Natalie, what is the type, right type of life insurance to buy? Is it term insurance? Is it permanent insurance? Should I buy term and invest the difference? What's the best company to go with? I'll tell you this right now, it's really depending on you, your family, what your needs are, and your budget. The most important thing is that you sit down with a financial professional that has access to both. That is most important. Let's talk about a website that can make on average $100 an hour. I made $1,000 my first week of doing the side hustle. So I made 350 today attending a focus group. I got there at like 745. Just me in the elevator by myself. They served us breakfast. It was mid. Then they put us in this little room with matches. They said the attire was business casual. Just me chilling in my hoodie. We was like on a mock jury. Then they made us answer questions on these little iPads. Then they gave us lunch. I enjoy lunch, honestly. And then this is me being dead bored for the last three hours. And then I made my money. So TikTok is teaching you <laughs> money on focus groups. That's why when you said that, I was just like, yeah, that's all. If you search focus groups, that's what you're going to see is a million different videos where people are like, hey, side hustle, make money doing a focus group. And I was like, hey, maybe I should do that. <laughs> right? I mean, serious, right? There's no excuses. There are so many ways to make money, people. Just so many ways. It's like, psh, right? Come to the Better Your Business show. We will always show you where the money's at. <laughs> I love it. This has been a great conversation about focus groups, Natalie. David really was amazing. Ed Oyama, um, Eva, I, and I keep blanking her last name, Eva. Benari. Avenari. Venari, V-N-A-R-I, yeah. I think it's Italian. 
<laughs> That's my theory. So yes, thank you everyone who supported the show today. Thank you to everyone who, uh, our audience who came and joined us. And thank you to all of our sponsors, to obviously my amazing co-host, Miss Shanna Mavis. Have a wonderful week, everyone. And remember, do something today that will help you better your business. Go to Pillar5.com and take your free assessment. We will see you next week. Have a great day, everyone. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.